Welcome to Abuelas en Acción, a multicultural podcast for our common good. I am Dr. Rosemary Celia Alston, and I'm here with my co-host, Marie Dahlstrom. Today, we continue our series, Pláticas de la Vida, Talks About Life. Today, we're talking about empathy, and both Marie and I want um, to put out a shout out to uh, the state of Florida and all of the community and neighborhoods and different kinds of, of disasters that have occurred over there. You are in our thoughts and our prayers. Last week, we talked about humility and self-compassion and some insights into unfinished business. Thank you, Rosemary, for sharing that we definitely hold the people of Florida and people all over the world who are suffering from climate change, from global warming. And we unfortunately will only continue to see more of this. And as many of you know, who listen to our podcast regularly, we talk about climate action and we'll continue to talk about the issue of climate justice because Rose was sharing earlier that we already know, and this is some, uh, something we see all across the country and world, is those who live in the poorest neighborhoods in Florida are suffering the most. So, um, uh, as we're talking today about empathy and um, about um, uh, being present and, and really understanding people's lives, it certainly has a lot of relevance as we think about Florida because um, they, as all of us, have plans for our lives and for our futures, for the futures of our loved ones. And as we can see in Florida, life happens. Um, we uh, we lose our 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 livelihoods. We lose our homes uh, due to um, uh, climate uh, disaster. Um, my husband and I personally have had this uh, experience where we were displaced for 18 months from our home here in San Antonio due to a tornado, and um, so we all know that these events happen in our lives. Um, they're inevitable. And uh, I was thinking, um, as I was reflecting on our podcast episode from last week, how we respond to these events in our lives determine how much peace or agitation we will have in our lives. And we can take these moments um, to open our hearts because it's the acceptance of these life events as they are and not as we would have them that allow us to find our deeper purpose and meaning in life. And it is during these challenging moments that we often do the most growing. I need to share, uh, I'll go back and talk a, a moment about our experience in being displaced from the tornado. My husband and I were devastated, and um, we uh, we were uh, fortunate. Um, the condo building where we live um, had damage, lost its roof, but our particular home was not damaged. But we had we we were ordered to uh, vacate the building by the the city. It was unsafe. So we had literally we had. Uh, 
24 hours to move all of our our furniture out and to decide where we were going to live. Our our family, they welcomed us and they were so generous and we so appreciated that. But we decided a few days later to move into our RV, which we call Casita. We moved into the RV park and my husband and I were just exhausted from moving our furniture, from being worried, what are we going to do? And I, at that point, um, I, I just felt just hopeless and in despair. And we got our RV set up um, because we decided we were going to live there for the duration. We didn't realize at the time it was 18 months. And the lady next to us, um, she came over and introduced herself. And she um, said, where are you from? And I said, San Antonio. And I said, explained why we were there. And she said, you and I were meant to meet. And I said, why? And she said, two years ago, we live in California. And two years ago, we were on vacation. And we found out that our house had burned to the ground. We lost everything that we owned. And she said to me, and you know what I learned from that? She said, I learned that possessions are possessions. It's our lives. It's our loved ones. It's the people of our community who matter. And I gave her a hug. We hugged each other. And I, at that moment, my heart opened and I could just feel myself. My first step toward healing and um, uh, resilience over this huge challenge in my life. It was a beautiful moment, Rose. Wow. You know, in some of the interviews that the weather cast individuals and what courage they have to be out there for us, taking us on this memory lane of what's happening in Florida. But so many of the people being interviewed have said, even though they've lost everything, but we are blessed. We still have our, each other. We still have our family. And all of this, yes, I'm homeless at this point. But all of this means nothing if I had lost a loved one. So I think, you know, going through a lot in our lives um, that people won't understand, we think. Um, you just gave an example of people who do and why there are different people who come into our lives, right? That um, help us understand that nothing is a for sure shot. Um, we think we're going to have everything in place and the risk of life is you think you may and in 10 minutes or 10 seconds, it may all be gone. So possessions mean absolutely nothing and you can't take them with you. So I want to share um, that the detail today is a beautiful one and um it, it shares, con tiempo y paciencia, todo se consigue. With time and patience, everything is required. Yes. The Danish theologian and philosopher Soren Kierkegaard wrote, many of us pursue pleasure with such breathless haste that we hurry past it. I know I've spent many moments of my life 
rushing around, hurrying to get dinner prepared, hurrying to appointments, hurrying to complete project deadlines. In fast-paced cultures like the U.S., it takes a lot of effort to slow down and relish a pleasure in our lives, to be mindfully present, to listen to what is happening around us, to slow down and to listen to our intuition. The more we listen to our inner voices, we will be more understanding and empathetic toward others. You know, as I reflect back, Marie, it really brings back um, that saying, timing is everything. Do you remember a moment in your life where your timing was off in confronting an issue with someone, as an example? Did it create more of a negative impact? What could you have done differently? We are, we are often not aware of the behind the scenes of what someone may be working through or what is in a child's backpack they are carrying both physically and emotionally. Engaging in a conversation on your time may not be in anyone's best interest. Having patience is key. It's important step back, like you were sharing, Marie. Many of us struggle to communicate with sometimes difficult family members, children, co-workers, friends, topics that get under our skin. It's important for us to come to the table with grace and compassion in your heart at all costs. This may be a tall order. I'm very much aware of this. There are many times where I've had to bite my lip and put my face in check, my body language can speak volumes before a conversation gets out of hand. We desire to save face, which researchers identify as trying to keep others from losing respect for oneself or to avoid further embarrassment. When we speak or confront behaviors of others, pausing a bit before we speak, or taking a time out is important. Walking around the block, removing yourself from the situation, if only for a five minute pause, and be reflective and create less pain to someone else. We often take things personally and jump into defending ourselves by getting things off our back without thinking about the consequences of our words and actions. Using charged words, such as starting off a sentence, you made me feel awful when you did this, will not be helpful and result in more challenging conversation or asking the question why, which places a person in a defensive mode. Begin with owning your own understanding first. Open the dialogue. I may have misinterpreted what you were saying the other day. Is this what you meant? Clarify first word. In the end, words do matter. The story that I'm going to illustrate to you today has many, many key moments in them. So let me begin with Paul. Paul struggled with severe diabetes. He was a chef in a restaurant, which consisted of long hours standing on his feet and a stressful work environment. Paul was single, 60 years old, had no family life, was raised by a mother 
who passed several years ago and struggled with physical and emotional, emotional health issues. Paul was her caretaker over 10 years. Paul was giving to others, volunteered his time at his church on his days off, loved music, experimenting with different food plates, and playing bridge with his friends. Paul would often forget to take his insulin, and his blood sugars would crash, with, which would result in mood swings, mean-spirited behavior towards others, breaking plates in the kitchen and yelling at staff. Several staff members began addressing Paul's outbursts to the owner of the restaurant. The owner of the restaurant approached Paul after work when everyone else had left and shared the concerns of people who cared about him and expressed to him that he was a valued team, team member of this restaurant. The employer volunteered to go with Paul to the doctor. Paul was not receiving the right dosage of medication and had not seen the doctor in over three years. With the permission from Paul, the owner discussed with the staff the health connection to his behavior. Everyone felt listened to, understood what was happening to the worker and friend. Paul's attitude and behavior changed within weeks of receiving the dosage needed to help manage his diabetes. The takeaways from this example are, you know, when addressing someone's behavior or issue that may have been hurtful or misinterpreted with respect to the individual, do this in private, not in front of others. Secondly, communicate in person to that individual. Talking to individuals using social media tools like we do can only make things worse. Avoid texting and emailing your feelings, which can continue to be misinterpreted. Individuals will give you clues or statements when it's a good time to talk. Being patient and reading the nonverbal signs of the individual is important. Your eyes can tell me everything without words. Wait and listen for those clues. When the window is closed, it's closed. And forcing someone to address difficult issues may create more harm. Be reflect, reflective and remind yourself that listening to someone else can be helped. Um, this is such an important topic. And, and in fact, um, we, uh, we understand from researchers that a high percentage, over 85% of um, our, um, the messages that people give to us are nonverbal. As Rosemary was saying, if we're not present and we're not actively listening, we miss those messages. And when the door closes, it could uh, close permanently. So in, um, as you know, we end um, with Prácticas de, de la Vida, talking about ways in which we, um, through our, um, through practice, can um, uh, learn to um, silence our thinking, our minds, um, to be more present and to be um, more engaged with the world around us. Our minds are like 
um, our mind is like a monkey swinging from tree to tree. You know, uh, monkeys move pretty quickly uh, through the trees, as do hummingbirds going from uh, flower to flower. Our minds do that. And we can learn to slow our minds down um, because our tendency is to be busy. We multitask. We focus on what we are Uh, need to do instead of what we are doing in the moment. And we miss so many moments thinking of the past and the future. And often we're thinking self-critical thoughts or critical thoughts of others. So loving kindness practice and meditation brings intention to wishing joy and happiness to ourselves and others. We've talked about using intention, waking up in the morning, for example, and being intentional about wishing uh, uh, others um, uh, a wonderful day um, and wishing ourselves uh, a beautiful day. Gratitude for this beautiful life that we have. So let's talk for a minute about loving kindness practice and meditation. Now, meditation can be uh, as long as we want it to. We can do it. We can meditate or pray um, by sitting and closing our eyes. Uh, all, the other option is to walk um, uh, while we are repeating a um, uh, um, phrases of gratitude or loving kindness. Um, and we can just do it throughout the day in our daily life. All are excellent ways to become more self-compassionate toward ourselves and compassionate toward others. The following is something that we could say often during the day. And in fact, um, we can say it if we run uh, across a situation that's somewhat ch- challenging and, and someone um, uh, we may interpret as being rude to us or um, someone was curt with us. Um, this is an excellent way to be able to um, slow down, step back, and to attempt to be more empathetic toward that person. We can say the following, may I be happy, may I be healthy, may I be peaceful, and may I be loved. You can say it, start out saying it for someone special in your life, your partner, your spouse, your children, grandchildren. Um, And you can say, may I be happy? May I be healthy? May I be peaceful? May I be loved? And then you can do the same. For someone that you see, let's say um, at the at the grocery store or um, at uh, the post office, someone that you run into and you don't know very well, may they be happy, may they be healthy, may they be peaceful, may they be loved. And this is the one that tends to be a little bit more challenging, but is so important, and that is saying it for someone that is challenging in your life. 
May they be happy. May they be healthy. May they be peaceful. May they be loved. Practicing loving kindness, it really does work. It helps us to become less critical of ourselves and others. And when we do it, it helps build our our, our capacity for practicing random acts of kindness in our lives toward ourselves and others. Thank you for that, Marie. You know, I think what we're trying to share is a different kind of aspect, a different kind of way to view people's or individuals' behaviors. And what Paul illustrated was how health behaviors and copycat or mimic mental health behaviors, and we just don't know it. The other thing is, in your mantra that you just shared, is sometimes we have such a difficult time of saying, sorry, I was not aware. Those words are so important if it's meant in a genuine way. And so I am practicing, may they be happy, may they be okay. And if I've done something, I am sorry. Thank you all for joining us today. Please join us again next time on our next and actual final episode of Pláticas de la Vida. We are also looking forward to interviewing our dear friend, Rob Hernandez, who is a spiritual leader, yoga teacher, and author of the book, Simply Love. We have interviewed him before and have loved um, talking with him, having as our guest, and we know you will enjoy him too. So join us again um, as we continue this intimate conversation about our emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. Gracias. Gracias.